Hey folks, welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare Oddcast presented by Denver Horror Collective. I'm your host, author Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, we're going to get a dose of Sean Murphy. Sean Murphy is a horror fiction writer. He's got short stories published in Terror at 5280 through DT Publishing. He's working on his first novel, and he is a Denver Horror Collective member. Welcome to my nightmare, Sean. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad to have you on because on Josh's Worst Nightmare, I invite on horror authors to talk about an aspect of biological horror, which I define as living creatures and vital processes relevant in some way to their writing, their creative process, what have you. This episode, we're talking about medicine and horror and why of all things are we getting into that topic do you suppose do you perhaps have a professional background that's relevant i don't know oh i do i believe um i've been a registered nurse for coming up on 24 years and i've worked in healthcare for the last 30 or so um, in some form either as a nurse or um, a patient care technician or for a while there as an emergency medical technician on ambulance yeah, well, so that is really the perfect background to write horror. And what I've noticed in your fiction is the realism. I mean, it's almost as if the writer knows this stuff firsthand because he actually does. So unlike the rest of us who are just like going online and looking at like, all right, what's a YouTube video of something that happens in a hospital? You know what happens and that really reflects in your writing. So that's that's definitely something you got a, a huge one up on people. And Thank you. and so have you have you done that a lot? Would you say in your fiction have you incorporated elements of of nursing or this topic of medicine into any of your fiction or looking to? Oh yeah, most of um, you know the the first rule that I heard when I was in school was write what you know. So I'm pretty much writing everything that I know, which is a lot of a lot of the stuff that happened when I was in the hospitals and. Um, working in the clinics and stuff that I worked worked in along the way and medicine is a big part of that and a lot of people are scared of medicine so it seems to be a good place to start sometimes that's a really good point people are scared of medicine now it's really interesting because I would say I would go on a limb and say nothing has saved more lives and prevented more suffering than modern medicine is that a fair statement to make yeah i think so i mean i think with some of the vaccines and some of the medicines that we've had through the years we were able to get rid of some diseases that have been pretty you know pretty detrimental like polio and smallpox and some of those and i think that you know as we go forward we're going to get rid of some of these other ones that are kind of the plagues i think they're probably getting pretty close to doing something about diabetes and some of those other ones that are going to be that are still kind of plaguing us right now for sure. Yeah. And of course, beyond preventing disease, sometimes it's just pain relief, right? Like how many times have people just popped some over-the-counter pain meds or even just my allergy medication keeps me from my head all stuffed up all summer that has actually gotten, you know, it's it's affected other things inside of my my head with all the mucus. So it's, you know, things like that, which we almost take for granted. That stuff is it's almost a miracle. Yeah. I mean, some of it is. 
Some of it has been. So <clears throat> right. there's been, I mean, you look back though, I mean, like I said, like we said, it's, it hasn't always been that way, but I think mm. as medicine has science and medicine have, have kind of gone hand in hand and progressed, we're getting better at it. Right. Well, old medicine for sure. A lot of that was bullshit, right? So, I okay. mean, leeches, although it's weird, I was reading up on bleeding people mm-hmm. and sometimes it did work. And the reason is thought to be, well, other than psychological, right? But something to do with some people who had excess iron in their diet, it actually helped those, but fucked up everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And there was, there's sometimes there's things in the leeches that help with anticoagulation too, I think. And oh. so it was, it kind of helped some of those folks. Yeah. They had the high iron, their blood would clot or they get, um, even just people who make, there's some people out there who just make an excessive amount of blood. Um, okay. their body just kind of goes into like a overdrive and makes too much. So they got to get rid of it somehow. And leeches used to be the way now we just ask them to go donate. <laughs> Right, right. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I think of the old school doctors. I mean, a lot of them, I mean, you can call them whatever, uh, like shamans or witch doctors or like the old school plague doctors or whatever. A lot of that was herbal medicine. And and I mean, that that stuff does work at least a lot of the time. Some of it's probably not effective, but I mean, that counts as medicine, right? I mean, there, like you said, I mean, there is some of that that's just complete bullshit, but there's also yeah. some of it that's based in reality where the medicines we have today are based off of some of the stuff that they did with herbs and right. roots and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, going to your, you know, going to your herbalist and, you know, getting, the, you know, the St. John's wort and all that stuff to cure everything, that's probably a little much. Sure. Yeah. I don't know what works in that. I take certain things. I take like things like elderberry and you know vitamin c i'm like even if that stuff doesn't work it's it's not it's certainly probably not bad for me to take elderberry syrup you know it's like eh. no i mean those things aren't bad it's when you decide to use those maybe in place of a medicine that your doctor or someone (laughs) asks you to and then you start to get into some uh darker territory oh you're saying you're saying then that my turmeric isn't going to prevent um covid (laughs) (laughs) well yeah well i don't know depends on how much of it you use and depends on how many how you know how potent it is and how fragrant and if people stay away yeah well it's a good point if you can get people six feet away knock yourself out man that's a good point yeah that's what garlic (laughs) right right like yeah my garlic has kept me from getting covid it's like yeah because no one wants to be near you but uh yeah i mean obviously i want to talk about start with the the positive elements of medicine because right now Um, I mean, millions of people around the world are dying, tens of millions, because they don't believe in basic medicine. And so that I wanted to start it that way. Um, yeah. And then also, I just wanted to mention how, like what you said, a lot of current medicines are based on plants. I mean, I can, I mean, there, there are tons, but one off the top of my head is Taxol, which was utilized for, I believe, either breast or ovarian cancer is from the yew tree in which grows in the Pacific Northwest and they're cutting down a lot of those trees. Uh, so yeah, all of that, all of that stuff is uh, it's pretty stupid for us to destroy that stuff and to kind of overlook the benefits of, you know, which I would say some plant medicines for sure. I, I'm a, a fan of that, but 
sometimes you got to have that you know, new school, you call it Western medicine. Sometimes that stuff is the answer and uh, yeah. it's finding balance, right? It's like, I, I don't want, I'm not somebody who really hardly ever does take um, like even Tylenol, but like, you know, once or twice a year, if I have a headache or something like that, I might take Tylenol. I try to avoid it, but I don't pretend that, you know, Tylenol is, is evil. And when I need it, I'll, I'll use that stuff. Yeah. And, I, and that's exactly what the medicines are supposed to be for. You just use them when they're there. You're like, when you need it, use it. Don't overuse it. Don't use it when you don't need it. Right. Well, that um, brings it, that brings us into that next topic of the overuse, right? Um, yeah. That's a great segue of, I mean, so opiates. Opiates are also magic. Uh, I've only been on them a handful of times after like tooth surgery. I had a hernia surgery and they gave me that stuff. I'm like, thank God for this stuff but it's also destroying the lives of countless people as well. Right. Oh, very much so. Yeah. I mean, and that's, yeah, it is. And I think sometimes like we were saying with, it works well, it works. So most, sometimes it works too well that the doctors and other healthcare providers are just like, just do it here. I'm just going to throw this at you. We know it works. Take it. Yeah. Without really maybe thinking, thinking it through of, you know, Maybe there are other things, maybe for, you know, light surgeries. You know, I've had a few surgeries along the way because I've done stupid shit in my life <laughs> and broke things. Um, you know, some things where it's like, you know, yeah, you could have gotten away with maybe some over-the-counter uh, pain meds and some ice and elevation and some of those kind of things. I didn't need, you know, I didn't need the oxy for stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So only if you need it, but when you need it, go for it. But right. That's the problem. It works. Yes so well and yeah there is the over prescribing of it likely and then there are certain personality types that are more likely to utilize it uh so yeah that's that's a that's a real issue and i think even back laudanum which was something it was an opiate liquid thing that they used all the time in like the the early days 1900s yeah. and earlier so you just like oh yeah just take some laudanum for your uh Stomach ache. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. It was like, well, I've got headaches. Well, here, take some more of them. <laughs> Which is kind of awesome in a way, but also <laughs> yeah. not great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like the thing. It's like there's the, it was an old picture that I saw. Someone sent me, it was a cough syrup from like the early 1900s that had laudanum, cocaine, <laughs> and, and a morphine derivative in it. And I'm like, it's not just going to stop the cough, man. It's going to stop the breathing and the heart and everything else. You're not going to have to worry about it. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. The, the ultimate drug is the one that just kills you and that solves your, all of your sickness problems, but yeah. And then also, you know, getting more even into the horror world, there's of course the horrors of things like thalidomide, you know, with side effects that we do. And for folks who aren't aware of, of that, you know, this is a, it's a rarity, but of course, most medicines have some sort of side effects, but this was a nausea drug for pregnant mothers back in the day and it caused some deformities in some of the babies yeah it could cause some serious birth effects yeah so you know th there is concern there's rightful concern but it's like you know like railing against oh the pharmaceutical industry is evil it's like they're evil and good right like like everything that's what horror is it's like there's a shadow side to everything but there's also that light side and looking at it just black and white either or is is very childish way to look at anything 
it is, especially with stuff like this. Like you said, there's both, there's both good and bad. And with medicine, sometimes it just comes in with moderation. You have to know when to say when. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't equipped for that, but so, you know, it's like opiates. All right. It's causing a lot of problems with people. It's also, like I said, it's, it's, it's a miracle, uh, for reduction of pain, uh, you know, based on a natural plant, the poppy plant that grows, like, I, I don't, it's amazing to me that there, those plants that just grow there do a thing to our body. That's awesome. You know, it's amazing that food does that. And some people call food medicine, of course, uh, you know, just, Oh, look at this thing growing there. I'm going to crush it up with my teeth and it makes Mm -hmm. me not die. Like, wow, that's, that's awesome. But, but imagine being like, because opiates are such a problem, we need to eradicate opiates from the world and no one should take opiates. And like, you know, that's like some of the, and again, I don't want to go far into the anti-vaccine stuff, but that is what that mentality is. It's like, okay, there, there are side effects and negative impacts to, to everything. Un, undoubtedly, vaccines have side effects. But if you're ignoring the monumental astronomical benefits for the infinitesimal risks, you are not stable mentally in terms of just weighing things in life. Yeah. So that's my rant. Oh, on yeah. That. I- I, I don't think, I think that they're not looking at the, the whole picture. They're only looking at one, you know, one portion of it and you can't fix the whole thing, by looking at that one portion of it, you have to look at the whole right. picture. Right. Cause I mean, and so, this yeah. is the last thing I'll say about vaccines. It's like, and we're like, yeah, but have you seen that in some situations it may, it may rare situations, it may cause some heart inflammation temporarily. Yeah. And do you mm-hmm. know that COVID also <laughs> astronomical? all the time causes heart inflammation for like the entire population, you know, not the entire, but, but the law. So it's like, they'll, you know, it's, it's that way of looking at things. You, you pick the negative from one thing and you only see that, you know, all you see is that. And, and that's, and that's, I think the problem that we have with medicine these days. And, and I'm prefacing all this because yeah, I, I don't want this conversation to be seeming like it's suggesting, you know, all medicines are are obviously evil. I, I I don't think that. But at the same time, it is worth investigating that side of things. Or even you know uh, another way that horror addresses this is that there are awful ailments, right? You know, so that's the horror, and then the medicine is kind of the way back into the light and recovery. But I don't know. What other yeah. thoughts do you have on? the topic of medicine and horror. Well, I mean, I think medicine has been an issue or not even an issue. It's been a catalyst in horror for probably centuries now. When you look back at, you know, the tale of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh yeah. I mean, good old Dr. Jekyll made his serum and it stopped his inhibitions and he became this other person. I think that's what, I think that's what a lot of people are scared of. You know, that's why medicines work well. That's why there's you know, some of those medicines. You like, if you want to do that in horror, it can be kind of a kind of a way to get to you know get to you know the evil part of people. You know, people are afraid that things are going to lower their inhibitions, or they're not going to remember what happened. You know, there's been a lot of those kind of stories where the person takes something and they wake up and there's blood all over them and they don't know how they got there and they're not sure what happened and um, all because of you know someone slipped something in a drink or someone slipped them a pill that they didn't know about and right if you want to count that as medication you can but yeah yeah you know it just depends but yeah i think horror has been 
medicine's been a, th a thing in horror for a long time. Right. Well, the, yeah, the the Dr. Jekyll thing, I do, I do want to talk more about that. But the thought I had real quick was not just people slipping you, quote, medicine or drugs, whatever, but Ambien. I mean, people take that and then they have those. What, what do they call it when like, what not there a name for it? What happens um, to people? Yeah. And I, right now I can't think of it, but yeah, where they have the the sleep um, sleep amnesia kind of stuff, where they they get up and they do things in the middle of the night and they have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah, which is a very the, yeah, and they don't know it until the ambient wakes off. Right, which is a very odd side effect, but yeah, I mean the side effects exist again. The shadow and the light, right? Everything has shadow and light. Do you yeah. you got to look at? Is there more shadow than light in? You know, in the case of thalidomide, absolutely, right? So you get rid of that. Uh, yeah. In terms of other things, maybe not so much. But yeah, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, so he takes a potion and, and basically he he brings out a part of him that is that is there anyway, right? And that's almost yeah. the scariest part. It's not like, oh, now I'm a werewolf because I'm infected. It's like, this is who I am truly also. Yeah. Exactly. It's like it took away his inhibitions. It's like that's actually probably who he really was. But he put up this face for, you know, at that time for Victorian England of, you know, kind of the perfect English gentleman when inside he really was kind of this just shitty person. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, as we, do all, we and we all have that that shadow side, it manifests in different ways. And yeah, I wonder if if this is a stretch because I'm just thinking it out as I'm going, but I mean, medicine, it reminds us of our frailties and, you know, the fact that we're going to die and stuff like that. So if you are kind of like opposed to medicine, it's kind of like a, it's either a death denial or almost in a way, it's like a, a suicidal drive where you're like, I kind of just, part of me just wants to die. And so I'm going to pretend, you know, nothing's happening. Like, I, I just know that like exercise, diet. I do all of those things. I think those, those things are really important, but you know, if you're like, Oh, I'll just, um, diet away my, um, you know, internal parasite. And it's like, well, you know, good luck with that. But yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's, uh, I think some of it too, is just because people can't see the medicine actually work. Fair enough. You know, and, you know, you know, and, and there's, there's, there people are skeptical. It's like the doctor gives you like this little tiny white pill and says, this is going to help your, you know, whatever your problem is. And you're going to look at him and go, you're right. That one little pill is going to do it. Sure. Whatever. Well, and that is a fair critique of a kind of a one-sided look at medicine and, and it tends yeah. to be elements of Western medicine, although me Western medicine is also evolved. Well, it's incorporating elements of say Eastern medicine, which, which does involve kind of like a lighter touch thing. There's the, uh, the dichotomy between, uh, so like the allopath and I can't remember what the two kinds of things are, but like allopath is basically, yeah, let, let's, let's take the lightest touch, do the least stuff possible, you know, while working on other elements of your life. And then when we need the medicine, or whatever versus we're going to go straight for surgery and drugs right and exactly yeah i personally don't care for either approach on their own i it's like the integrative and i and that is a term right integrative medicine where you yeah you have the best of the modern medicine and you don't ignore things like well maybe you just need to get a better night's sleep uh 
and that's part of your chronic pain. And we don't need to give you all of these drugs or you don't need to cut up your spine. You know, maybe you're just an angry person and you got to work on things like that. And that's affecting mm-hmm. your chronic pain. Yeah. I think that's the holistic approach of we're not just going to cure the part. We're going to cure the person as a whole. There's other issues that are going to bleed into this. And if we can kind of fix the person as a whole, we're going to get rid of a lot of those other problems more so than just having them take that one pill for the rest of their life. Holistic. Right. That's, that's the right word for that. Yeah. Well, so in your, in your work, um, do you have any examples of some of that, that you've dabbled in or are looking into currently? Well, I, so I've had a couple of them. I'm, I'm using some medicines in my, uh, so for the, the novel I'm trying to write, um, it's a medical based thing. Um, so I am dipping into some of those different areas of, you know, medicine, you know, is it the pill or is it just the person? Hmm. Um, some of those, yeah, they, because it's kind of interesting to me, you know, it's like you get those people who are, you know, oh, well, the medicine made me do it. Um, no, no, you're just a bad person. Um, and you're just using that as an excuse. Um, but then that becomes detrimental then to those who are actually getting help from it. Um, and there's so many different medicines too, that can change mood or change thought processes. You know, like the one I'm using in one of my stories, I've got a, a character who's on Xanax hmm. and it's a pretty well-prescribed medicine. People know it. It's, you know, it's a mood stabilizer. Doctors give it all, all the time. Um, what happens if you get too much of it? What happens if it changes your mood to too much? And is it the, is it the medicine or is it the person? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of those can be kind of interesting stories to look into. Of, and that's the kind of part of horror that I kind of like is, you know, the, <clears throat> did it happen or did it not happen? Or, or am I seeing things and what's stopping my, or what's changing my perception that I start to see things differently. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all all great points. The, the uh, idea, the drug made me do it. There was some case recently, I can't remember where, I don't think it was in the States, but maybe where the, I think somebody got off for murder because he was high on pot, (laughs) which is like, if you killed somebody while you are stoned, you should be in like more prison because like, yeah, like most murderers, that's like the only time that they're not murdering is when they're high. So yeah. if you murder when you're high, you are probably an extra piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can smoke and still want to kill somebody, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I just, I was like, that's insane. Like that should not be a precedent because what? I mean, what percentage of Coloradans are high <laughs> at any right given now. time? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, really, it's like you're just you're just cranky because they took you know took your munchies but other than that dude it's not worth killing somebody over i haven't heard of that one but that's a yeah that just that was recent one. that happened over the last couple of weeks i don't know how that happened insane i mean our justice system is not always uh anyone's justice system is not always a hundred percent or even close no yeah uh, yeah that that's just something that that came out um another thing that is not talked about as much as it should but so the SSRI inhibitors, like mm-hmm. what's, what's an example of, of one of those, uh, uh, the, uh, the serotonin ones. Yeah. Like the, um, I, you know, whatever the, the antidepressants are, I can't remember any brand names, but, but there, uh, the, we've got the, oh, well, there's so many of them out there now. I mean, yeah, you got Zoloft, you've got, right. um, some of those, those are the 
uptakes, the serotonin uptake thing, where they, it's kind of just, it's just a mood stabilizer and it keeps you from, keeps your body from reacting to certain things. So okay. as you're, you know, as you kind of start to release some of those different hormones that would get you kind of amped up, they block them so that you don't, you don't get that. So you're just kind of in that kind of mellow, that mellow state. It's kind of like the same thing, like with Valium that they used to give back in like the sixties, you know, for hysteria or whatever you get. You know, the 60s and 70s, it's like, you know, oh, mom's on some Valium. <laughs> yeah, just you know. zonk her out. Right. So the SSRI uptake inhibitors. So they have been, if you look at it, most of the school shooters are on those. Now, of course, you know, you got to look at both sides of it. And Occam's razor might suggest, yeah, because they already have issues. So, of course, they're going to be on these these drugs uh, to help calm yeah. them. But another argument is it somehow leads them to commit the crimes. I'm not making a statement one way or another on that. I don't have enough knowledge on that. And I'm not expecting you to have a, an opinion on that per se, but there's a true crime screenplay I'm writing right now that, that is based on a, I won't say too much about, but it's a shooting out yeah. in the desert and um, I, I stumbled upon it, not the shooting itself, but the, the story of it. And yeah. um, that shooter who did some crazy stuff for seemingly no reason uh, whatsoever was also on those substances. And that's ultimately what his defense blamed for him committing the crime. Who the hell knows? It could just be a cop out, right? Well, I mean, they're going to look at everything, especially. But I mean, those medicines, I mean, they keep you at a certain you're not going to get anxious. You're not going to get fired up about things. You're not going to even to the point, maybe get to the, if you're, you're scared enough that you're not going to go with, go through with it. It blocks all those different kind of receptors that are telling your brain that maybe we should get the hell out of here. And you're like, nah, I'm good. Oh, you know, so it keeps your, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's why they're, they're mood stabilizers. It's why, you know, it's, it's a, you know, serotonin reuptake inhibitor. It's going to keep your body from getting that serotonin that could be part of your fight or flight. And instead of fighting or fighting, you're just going to kind of continue on. You're just. Mm -hmm. So like the average person be like, who's pondering murdering somebody would probably have some feelings like this seems like the wrong thing to do, or I'm getting freaked out about this, my thoughts yeah. and, and what would happen to me. But if you have something that prevents that, you're like, no, you're like, you know, almost a temporary sociopath there. And you're like, yeah, whatever. This yeah. feels right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, like as you get the, I mean, as you get anxious, <clears throat> excuse me, your blood pressure starts to go up, your heart rate goes up, you start to get sweaty. Mm -hmm. Your hands might, you might start to, you know, you might start to shake and stuff like that. As the adrenaline hits, you kind of start to maybe get the shakes, you know, as you get that fear in you of, you know, like I said, fight or flight, you either got to fight or you're going to, you're going to run, you know, some of those different things. It's like, all of a sudden you don't have those inhibitions anymore. It's like, I'm not going to get that twitchy, anxious feeling like I got to get out of here. I'll be okay. My body's not going to go into some of those different autonomic nervous systems. I'm not going to start sweating. My eyes aren't going to dilate. I'm not going to start to increase my breathing. I'm not going to get those muscle that, uh, you know, adrenaline rush through my muscles. That's going to make things maybe twitch or something like that. I'm going to be steady. I'm going to be, I'm going to look, yeah, almost like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a temporary psychopath or sociopath a little bit because I'm just going to yeah. walk through this place and be real calm and cool about it as I fire away. Yeah. So it, we think of anxiety as a bad thing, but it's actually a very good thing for a lot. You know, if you have anxiety for no reason, that's something to address and, and may or may not involve pharmaceuticals, but yeah, you, we sh we're supposed to be anxious 
for certain things. <laughs> and if you take that away, like I, I think of, um, I only watched the first two seasons of it because it, it kind of got repetitive for me, but a lock, lock and key. Is that what it's called? That series? Oh, yeah. Did you, have you seen that? Uh, I watched some of the first season. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, it was kind of, oh, there were cool elements to it. Let's just say, but there's one thing, and this is not a spoiler where one of the characters, she loses her fear for a while. <laughs> like she's, she's a very frightened person. And then she loses her fear. Yeah. And that of course, you know, at first it's like, this is awesome. And then it ends up being really a downfall because it's like, oh, wait, we're supposed to be afraid of doing bad things for ourselves and to yeah. others. Yeah, that's a, our brain telling us that this is going to this is going to turn out badly and we need to get the hell out of Dodge. Right. Whereas if you don't have that, like I've been watching like the Jeffrey Dahmer stuff along with everyone else and he you can just listen to him talk. I mean, the, the actor who portrayed him actually does a pretty good job because I'm watching now this, this other follow-up, which Netflix put out right when the other one, you know, finished, which is very, yeah. very clever. And it's basically conversations with Dahmer and he just has that flat affect. And, and there's something to that. Like he is just kind of emotionally flatline most of the time. And so that's what it's like. Hmm, I guess I am right now drilling into the head of this guy I just strangled. And I guess right now I'm fucking his dead corpse and keeping his head in the refrigerator. Cause I want him to hang around like yeah. devoid of emotion. You want some emotion there. You want like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> exactly. And I think that's part of it. Like you're talking about, like with some of those medications, people are, I mean, there's that small portion of the population who are afraid that's going to happen if they take some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Not everybody gets that way. You're not, it's not going to turn you into Jeffrey Dahmer. You're not going to black yeah. out and wake up, you know, in the middle of downtown Denver, drenched in blood, you know, with, you know, 20 cop cars, or, you know, around you because you just went on an all night shooting spree. That doesn't happen. Right. But those are the kind of things that people are afraid of. Those, you know, where I was thinking about it, it's like, you know, there's people are afraid of when you take medicines, they're afraid that. Like for like a surgery, you and I both talked about surgery. You take it, you go to, you go into surgery and they're afraid you're going to, they're going to give you so much. You're not going to wake up. Yeah. But on the other side of that, you're all, people are also afraid that they're not going to give you enough and that you are going to wake up. Right. Yeah, and, no, for sure. And it's like, you know, how do you, how do you tell somebody? It's like, you'll be fine. Well, <laughs> you just got to kind of trust the person who's doing it. And I think that's also part of the fear of it, of you're trusting you're trusting that whoever made this stuff knew what the hell they were doing. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tricky scenario. And I tried to, in this conversation, you know, show all sides of it. I'm personally think that medicine overall does more good than harm. I think, I think uh, a light touch is personally best, but whatever, I'm not here to pontificate on that, but to close, do you feel like, as a horror author and certainly one who is in the medical profession, do you feel like you have a responsibility to not just, and I'm, and I'm not trying to moralize this at all, but like in terms of, um, well, accurately portray it, right? Cause like, it's nothing more annoying than an inaccurate portrayal, but do you feel like you have some responsibility? Like, well, cool. I want to show the dark negative side of all of this stuff, but I don't want to make people even more afraid of, you know, basic health care. So what are your thoughts on that? How to deal with that? Yeah. Uh, I think in the stories, I mean, some of the stories I've, I've written are obviously like I've taken things to the extreme. Sure. Um, but I think in a lot of it, it's just like a cautionary tale. Mm. 
these can happen, but you have to be somewhat vigilant. You can't, like with everything, especially with healthcare, you have to be kind of an active member of it. You can't just assume that, you, you don't, don't just go blindly in there and be like, hey, they said I can do this. I can, you know, take these three pills and I'll be fine. Or I'm going to take these three pills and be fine. Be part of it. Find out what those three pills do. And, um, I think there's some people that, so like in some of my stories, yeah, I, I try to show that it, it does help medicine and healthcare in general is positive. Um, but there is always a dark side, but if you're, uh, if you're a willing participant in it, um, those dark things don't always happen. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Directing your own care while at the same time, maybe if some fringe website that has a real agenda and ideology and motive tells you a thing to maybe get a second opinion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the second opinion is probably yeah, the biggest thing. Like you said, don't don't take one source as the BL end Absolutely. Great. Well, we were able to get through the whole thing without talking about ivermectin, and that's awesome. And uh, well, anyway, Sean, really glad you could come on. Uh, so yeah, folks can find your stuff, uh, Terra Fifty Two Eighty, short story there and elsewhere. And uh, looking for this forward to your first novel. Uh, thanks so much, Sean. I appreciate it, Josh. Thanks very much. Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's worst nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great, and sometimes disturbing, weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshsworstnightmare.com where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Moline, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback, hardcover, or ebook at Amazon, Godless.com, or joshesworstnightmare.com. Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg.